Hey, I get it. Last year was no bueno for North Carolina, missing the NCAA tournament and all. But don't go too far in the other direction of underrating them this year. That's a bad decision. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us today to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Hey, want to tell you about something cool I've just started. We have this thing called Discord. It's an app that you might be familiar with. It's kind of similar to Slack for those of you who know what that is, but it's what we use to communicate on the Locked On Network. And I'm actually creating a Discord channel just for Locked On Tar Heels. Would love for you to be part of that community where we can chat. Uh, You can chat with other Tar Heels fans. We can talk basketball, football, recruiting, anything you want to talk about, just random stuff. I'm going to be in there. Would love for you to be part of that too. So if you're interested in that, let me know. Shoot a DM, an email, whatever it is, and I will make sure you get the link for that. Uh, I'll even put it in the show notes after the show is over. Second piece of news real quick before we get into talking more about today's show. Finally, the ACC basketball schedule is going to come out next Tuesday night. We knew that, but We also now have more specifics about what that's going to look like. Next Tuesday evening on ACC Network, the women's ACC schedule will be revealed at 7 o'clock with Kelsey Riggs and Ivory Lada and a couple other ladies. And then the men's schedule at 8, same thing, Kelsey Riggs, but also our guy Joel Berry, too, and Carlos Boozer. So you want to make sure to tune in for those things and get both of those schedules finally coming out. All right, coming up on the show today, though, we are going to obviously be previewing the pit game. I want to give you a little whip around look ahead at what's going on else in North Carolina athletics this weekend. But first, I want to get to the Almanac. You might or might not be familiar with the Almanac because it's only the second ever year of it. But the Almanac, is uh, put out by the Field of 68, Three Man Weave, and a couple other groups that cover college basketball. And it's intended to be this um, one-stop shopping for everything you need to know to get ready for the season. They cover all 362 teams that are in Division I this year, uh, go team by team, conference by conference, but also have All-American teams and preseason top 25 and all sorts of stuff like that. It's actually a really great book uh, that that I have found very helpful. You can download, I believe it's just cbbthealmanac.com. And last year it was a PDF you could download. This year it's like an actual website that you can go to and and click around on links. And so uh, I'm just warning you right now, the Carolina preview is written by Jeff Goodman. And I know some of some uh, Tar Heel folks out there aren't Massive fans of brother Jeff Goodman. So just need to know that. But right out of the gate, what I want to do is look at a couple of the things 
from the Almanac about the Tar Heels. And the first one is this. I believe that they are underrating the Tar Heels in their top 25. No, it's not criminal. It's not like they're not ranked. So I'm not going to get all hot and terribly bothered by it. But I do think that the Tar Heels are too low. In the, in the top 25 from the Almanac, they have Carolina at 24th. And I get it. I hear it. I, I understand why they would put them there. And it's obviously a, a voting of the people that contribute to the Almanac. But hear me say this, friends. That's going to ultimately prove to be too low for the Tar Heels. And I think it's a little bit in the same way that last year, Carolina being ranked preseason number one was an overhyped response to Carolina making the national championship game and bringing back just about everybody other than Brady, right? Uh, from At least from the starting lineup. And in the same way, I think this is an overreaction to how Carolina performed last year. I don't think they are going to prove to be the 24th best team in the nation. I think they will prove to be better than that. Right now, I you know, I'm not saying Carolina is a top 10 team. Right now, they could prove to be. I think a more fair seeding of them right now would be in the in, somewhere in the teens, probably, I, I think is appropriate. So again, it's not egregious. It's not something worth getting all twisted into shape about. But I do think that it's too low. By the way, the top 10, and this is going to be painful to hear right after I've said Carolina's 24th, is that they have Duke number one, Kansas two, Purdue three, Michigan State four, Houston five, Creighton six, Marquette seven, UConn eight, Tennessee nine, and Florida Atlantic 10. Uh, Really, my only quibble with that is I have Kansas one, Purdue two, and then Duke third. I just think that what Kansas has, even with Arterio Morris now suspended, and then what Purdue has coming back, even after their their loss to uh, FDU last year in the in the first round of the tournament, is too great. And I I do think the Duke's going to be a really good team this year. Hear me say that, but I think that Kansas and Purdue, at least right now, are above that. But um, having Purdue and Michigan State, both those Big Ten schools in the top five, I think makes a ton of sense. You got three straight Big East teams there, Creighton, Marquette, UConn, 6-7-8. Um, s- still weird to see Houston at five and think, oh, that's a Big 12 school now. Don't forget that. They're not AAC anymore. And Tennessee, nine, that makes a lot of sense. Carolina plays the Vols this year. And then Florida Atlantic. Now, you might see that and think that's an overreaction to them just having a good postseason last year. Not true. This team won 31 regular season games last year. The overreaction would be having them first or something like that. But I think the 10th for FAU, who brought back essentially everybody from that, is actually about right. And yeah, that's where I'm at on it. Okay. Uh, Another thing that the Almanac has in, in their compendium this year is bracketology. And really, we don't need to hit on that because basically what they did is just took it like those top four teams. What was it? Duke, Kansas, Purdue, and Michigan State. Those are your one seed. So Carolina, then through that bracketing process, is a six seed, which same thing. I mean, it makes sense that they have them six because they have them 24th. And, you know, teams 21, 2, 3, and 4 would be your six seeds. But ultimately, again, I think Carolina is going to prove to be better than a six seed. All-Americans, let's go there next. That's another thing that the Almanac has in here in uh, in their early stuff. The only, they, they did a uh, three 
all American teams, um, five on each. Thank you for doing that almanac and not having like 32 people on your first team, like some conferences do. Um, and so of that, the only Tar Heel of those 15 is Armando Baycott, who's on the second team, uh, all American. And I think, um, given what Armando did last year, given expectation and given the other people on the list ahead of him, I understand it. I don't, again, I don't necessarily agree with it because here's the first team, Zach Eady. No argument there. Homie was the player of the year last year. No reason to think anything different this year. Um, Kyle Filipowski from Duke. I, I see that. I hear that. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. The only reason I might not have him there is because Duke's got several really good guys around him that could uh, steal some of those votes, but I, I think that's fair. Ryan Kalkbrenner from Creighton, who, um, yeah, I don't disagree with their phenomenal defender, great offensive player, should be one of the best bigs, uh, well, clearly, in the nation. And then uh, Tyler Kolek from Marquette. Makes sense to me. Marquette was uh, the regular season and conference tournament champion. He was the player of the year last year, and he's coming back. The one person I would switch is the fifth player on this team is uh, on this first team All-American is Hunter Dickinson. And here's why I would switch that. I feel like Armando has outplayed him every, you know, every time. I think it's twice Carolina's played Michigan while both guys have been in school. And Armando's won that battle both times. And so if you're just taking it head to head, I'd have Baycott above Dickinson. Here's why I think they did this. Who does Dickinson play for now? Kansas. Where is Kansas projected? At least on the Almanac rankings, two. I have Kansas one. And so I think that's why Hunter Dickinson is where he is ahead of Mondo. Um, and then, uh, you know, with, with that, um, there are, like the Almanac goes on to do their top 100 players, even beyond just those uh, 15 uh, players on the first three All-American teams. And so there are three total Tar Heels on their top 100 players. Mondo comes in at seventh. Again, that lines up with him being on the second team. RJ at 27. I think that's a little bit low, but again, not terribly. So I'd probably have him in the uh, 15 to 20 range or 16 to 20 range, maybe even on that third team. So that would be 11 to 15. And then they have Elliot Cadeau at 93. I think that's probably fair, especially just the uncertainty a lot of people have nationally about where Elliot will be as he comes in. So next week, I actually want to dive back into more about the Almanac because they have a capsule for each team. So I want to talk about their capsule for UNC, which again is written by Jeff Goodman. So get ready for that. And then they also have an ACC preview. So I want to look at that as well. But we'll get to that probably on Tuesday show. Monday, obviously, I want to recap the football game against Pitt. And then Tuesday, we'll look more at this Almanac because it's really insightful and informational stuff. Speaking of the Pitt football game, it's time to go beat the Panthers. First ACC game of the year, first true road game of the year. It's time to prove to America that Carolina knows how to handle success. We're going to talk about what that looks like in just one second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by LinkedIn. Listen, these days, every new potential hire, it can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn, and then you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. 
After that, simple tools like screening questions help make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can easily prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately go ahead and hire. Because honestly, getting the right person for your team has a positive and measurable impact on your whole business. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on jobs. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, coming up today, hopefully you're listening to this earlier in the day on Friday because 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Locked On College Football Kickoff Live coming at you on every Locked On College YouTube page, including ours. So tune in right here to the Locked On Tar Heels YouTube page, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern today for Locked On College Football Kickoff Live to get ready for all of this weekend's action, including North Carolina heading up to Pittsburgh. Let me get you set and prepped and ready for this game. And then coming up in the next segment, we'll have the what to watch for, my predictions, all of that stuff. So here's the series. North Carolina-Pittsburgh, 16 all-time meetings. Carolina leads it 11-5. to You love to see that. Here's what's interesting. At home, the team at, at Keenan, the teams have played seven times. Carolina has literally never lost a pit at home, 7-0. and But on the road, it's dead even, 4-4. Four and four on the road at Pitt and Carolina's 1 and 0 in neutral site neutral site games excuse me so it's time to get another one on the road and get that road record up to over 500 part of that is because Carolina has lost each of their last two games they've played at Pitt you might even have this in your memory bank why because those last two games 2021 2019 Carolina has lost by 7 points in both of them and lost in overtime in both of them Man, it's time to finish the job. And not just in the fourth quarter, but early and often. Because here's the thing. This series, I said 16 games in it. 12 of them have been decided by single digits. That's, A, that's kind of crazy that you had that many games decided by single digits in this series. But what it tells you is you got to find every advantage you can to get this game won, especially on the road. So would love to see not a tight game. Would love it to change to 12 of the 17 games in this series have been decided by single digits. Let's look back to last year because obviously this year in the championship game, forgive me if uh, things are cutting out there, there's a storm going on at my house and uh, hopefully things are still continuing to go okay on our stream here. Um, so last year, Carolina won at home 42-24 to 24 against Pitt, one point shy of the biggest margin of victory in the series. Carolina won by 19 back in 98. That was an 18-point victory last year. Here's the thing, though. Don't just look at that final score and think, oh, Carolina obliterated the Panthers last year. Not true. In fact, Pitt led that game for the vast majority of the first three quarters. And so, like, in fact, they never trailed in the first three quarters. There was a time when Carolina tied it up. I believe it was seven all. But other than that, Pitt led the first 45 minutes or so of this game. In fact, they were up as big as 24 to 14 in the third quarter and entered the fourth quarter with a lead. But from there, 
when it was 24 to 14, Carolina reeled off 28 straight points in the final 21 minutes of this game. So again, they put it all together and dominated the fourth quarter for the win, but it, it wasn't smooth sailing the whole time. That's what we're looking for is get what happened in that fourth quarter. Do that in the first half. I'm just, I feel like a broken record. I'm saying this every week about the Tar Heels. Get out to that big lead, hold it, and then build it. Keep it going. Thankfully for Carolina, there's no Israel Abanacanda, Pitt's phenomenal running back this year that they have to contend with. Records this year. You know what Carolina's doing. They're 3-0, but they are facing their first true road test. They are facing their first ACC tilt. In fact, this is their second straight year going 3-0 to start this season. And third time in the last four years, they also did it Sam Howell's sophomore year. But here's the problem. Each of the last four times, Carolina has started 3-0. and So those two seasons, 2020 and um, – and excuse me, not 2020. What is it? 2020 and 22, um, they went 3-0 and then lost after that. Uh, so – and the problem is the other two times before that, that Carolina started the season three and oh, they lost game four as well. 2011 and 2009 were the other examples. Both of those, they lost in game four to Georgia Tech. So the last time Carolina started four and oh was 1997, which you might guess that because that was such a phenomenal year. In fact, Carolina reeled off their first eight games that year. For Pitt, though, they are not three and oh, they are one and two. And similar to the Tar Heels have not played an ACC game yet. That one win, Wofford. So congrats, you know, like, come on. Uh, but their losses are to Cincinnati and West Virginia. Both Big 12 teams now, keep in mind. Um, so what's going on with Pitt? What, what, like, why? Why this? Well, let me, let me give you the good first. Their defense is allowing just 236 yards a game. That's first in the ACC and fifth nationally. So you look at that and it's like, all right, the, Pitt's got some stuff on defense. I haven't faced Drake May, just saying that. Uh, here's what some of the bad is. When you suss it out, a lot of the numbers that look good are because of Wofford. They... Um, Pitt had 491 yards of total offense against Wofford and only allowed 126 yards for Wofford on, in total. But here's the thing. Then against Cincinnati and West Virginia, they only got 262 yards of total offense and then 211 yards of total offense. Not exactly great. So, so that pit offense, questionable at best. And the defense seems solid, even, even against those two power five schools. So we'll see on that end. But the reason the offense is not doing well is Phil Dracovic, who had been at Boston College, comes over now to Pitt. Um, but apparently, from everything we've heard and seen, Pitt is planning to stick with him this week. And let me tell you, folks are big mad about it. This is all you need to know. Dracovic, 35 for 75 on the season in passing. That's just a 46.7% completion rate. Oh, but it gets worse. Because against Wofford, he threw, completed like 70-something percent of his passes. So against those two Big 12 schools the past two weeks, he was 18 for 52. That's 34.6%. Yikes, that ain't going to do you very much. So the names you need to know, Djokovic, if things don't go well for him, 
Uh, second on the depth chart for quarterbacks is Christian Villieu. And so I, we'll see what happens there, right? You just need to know. Uh, three running backs that have essentially done the same thing. This year, Rodney Hammond is at junior is at the top of the depth chart. But then you've also got Daniel Carter and Sibo Flemister. Flemister. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name, but what a name. C apostrophe B-O. Sibo Flemister. Love it. All three of those running backs have between 21 and 25 carries. All three of those running backs have between 95 and 103 rushing yards. So they're essentially interchangeable and essentially coming in and out. So we'll see what happens with that. As far as receiving, well, you just heard what I said about Dracovic's numbers. So you got to imagine the receivers haven't done much. And that's absolutely correct. Here's everything I need to tell you. No receiver has more than eight receptions. None of them have double-digit receptions. And for some contrast and context, three Tar Heels have double-digit receptions. Four Tar Heels have over 100 yards receiving on the season. And seven Tar Heels have more than 40 total yards receiving. Why do I say that? Because outside of uh, Pitt's top four receivers, nobody has more than 40. So Carolina's offense, doing what they need to do. Pitt's offense, not so much. I want you to be aware of that. Well, all of that to set it up, and here's what we got to get to as always. When we're setting up these games, my W2, W4, what to watch for, four keys to the game as I see it. Plus, I want to give you my game predictions and a little runaround to look ahead at what's coming for Carolina athletics around uh, campus this uh, weekend. But before we get there, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. Well, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. You can bet on all sorts of stuff spreads, player props, over-under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, here we go. What to watch for? W2W4, because I'm going to give you four things to look out for. Number one, how does Carolina handle success? Coach Mac Brown has talked about this a lot since he's been back at Chapel Hill for round two. Because Carolina will have these stretches where it's like, yep, 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 oh. And, and he just continues to say, what are we going to do with the success? And so what, what I'm looking at is that question. How does Carolina handle the success of starting the year 3-0, and of only allowing one of their opponents to score more than 20 yards, 20 points, excuse me, of having an offense that is succeeding in multiple different ways, what do they continue to do those things? How do they handle their first true road test? How do they handle their first ACC game? Um, how do they handle knowing, hey, this program has not gotten to four and zero to start a season since 1997? That's almost, you know, just a little bit shy of three decades for Carolina. So that's the first thing I'm watching. How does Carolina handle the success they've had? Given the stakes, being on the road, I know Pitt doesn't look great on paper, but boy, it's different once you get into conference play and you got to go make it happen, especially at a place where you've lost the last two times you've played there. What to watch for? Number two. This is the classic something's got to give moment, and that's 
the North Carolina offense against the Pittsburgh defense. You heard me say it, but the Pitt defense, their yards per game average is 236. They haven't given up 400 yards of offense in a game this season. 126, 211, and 371. That's how many total yards they've given up each of their three games. So for Carolina, I want to see them force that average way up by doing what they do. Because remember, 236 allowed for Pitt, Carolina's offense is averaging 494.3 yards of total offense a game. Just six yards shy of averaging, averaging 500 yards of total offense a game. That's wild. In fact, Carolina has no fewer than 437 yards of total offense in their first three games. 437, 519, 527. So I, I fully expect when we look at this, Carolina O versus the Pittsburgh D, Carolina's legitimate balanced offensive attack should allow Carolina to be the unit that wins this battle between the two. Now, you still got to win the war, but I think Carolina wins this battle as they continue to attack, attack by land and through the air. Uh, just need to find a way to, to win by sea as well. Um, because if you're Pitt, you got to deal with Nate McCollum now. How does Carolina follow up? Pitt, sure, go attack him, but now you're freeing up Kobe Pesor, J.J. Jones, the three-headed monster that is the tight end group. They're going to have plenty of opportunities for big plays if Pitt's trying to bottle up Nate McCollum. Oh, and, and then you got this guy, if you're going to focus all that attention on the receivers, Omarion Hampton, who is first in the ACC in total touchdowns, total points scored, scoring, and rushing touchdowns. In fact, he's second nationally in total touchdowns, total points scored, rushing touchdowns, and third nationally in scoring second in the ACC in rush yards per game and total rushing yards. So yeah, focus on the receivers and then you got Omarion Hampton to deal with or focus on the receivers and Omarion and uh, British Brooks. And then, oh, by the way, there's this dude, his name's Drake May. Enough said. Carolina O beats out the um, Pittsburgh defense. Number three on what to watch for. Winning third down. Carolina has been doing great. Somebody said recently on Twitter, forgive me, I can't remember who it was, but like basically, I think Drake May tries to get to third down just because he loves it so much. And I'm all in on that. Carolina's offense is first in the ACC and second in the nation in third down conversion percentage. So far this season, they have converted 28 of their 43 third down attempts for 65%. That's pretty stinking good. A lot of that is because they have these bruisers that can pick up yardage on first and second down or, you know, get chunk plays on first and second down through the air. But then when you get to third down, Drake can hand off if it's short yardage. Drake can call his own number when necessary. And also he can find this multitude of receivers wherever he needs to. It makes sense why Carolina is so good on third down. And then the fourth thing I'm watching on the what to watch for is the Carolina defense. Which one shows up? This is the second week in a row of facing a less than awesome offense. I'll, I'll just be a little bit kind in saying it that way. Again, yes, 491 yards of total offense for Pitt against Wofford. But under, three hard, under 300 yards of total offense against Cincinnati and West Virginia. And so it's just, it doesn't look good when you, when you break it down that way. So in terms of Carolina's defense, I, I say it's time for a statement. Like again, punch it in the mouth, 
early and often. If I'm Gene Chizik, I'm sending pressure. I'm making Dracovic, who hasn't been able to do so this year against Power 5 competition, I'm making him beat me right now. Um, and so get after him, be aggressive, do it early. Carolina, they held on third down nine out of 12 opportunities last year. So the same way that the offense is converting, the defense is actually getting off the field. At least last week, they did quite a bit. Uh, you've seen Armani Chapman now rise to the top of the depth chart at one of the cornerback positions. And so, you know, they're still tweaking there in the secondary, but we'll see uh, as things really try to start settling down. Something I'm watching with that, with the defensive front as well as, remember Cayman Rucker got banged up a little bit last week. So I'm curious to see how he responds on Saturday. Uh, I want to give you this too. Typically after a game, in, in the recap, I give you my shady stat of the game. I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to give you a shady stat to watch. Why so? Because I always love to have like, what's some kind of, in addition to just a win, what's something else that I can cheer for in this game that's just a fun stat tidbit? And so I like to find that for myself as a secondary thing to cheer for. So I wanted to share that with you. And here it is for this game. Drake May has thrown 20 plus completions in each of the first three games, becoming the only Carolina quarterback ever to start a season with 20 plus completions in each of the first three games. Pretty wild, huh? So obviously that means he would also be the fourth to do it in the first four games. Uh, the first to do it in the first four games of the season. So I'm watching that. Can Drake May get 20 more completions in this one? Watch along with me. As for predictions for the game, our friends at FanDuel, they have set the line at Carolina favored by seven and a half, and they've set the over-under at 50 and a half. Here's the thing for me. Get a lead, sustain a lead, build an even bigger lead. Again, I feel like a broken record, but until it happens early, I want Carolina to build this lead early and then just like gut punch. Do not let Pitt back in. Send them to the locker room at halftime. Just done. Don't rely on another close game. Figure out how to put a team away. Even in last week's comfortable win, it wasn't always comfortable along the way. The final score, yeah, it was. But it didn't feel like that during the game. Carolina's got to do it. And I have that happening. Final score for my prediction, North Carolina 35, Pitt 10. And that is just hitting the under. Remember, it's 50.5, 35, and 10 is 45. So I got the under hitting by about five and a half, not about by five and a half points. Very quick weekend whip around here. Men's soccer hosting Duke, 11th ranked Duke on Saturday, seven o'clock on ACC Network. The guys have not lost a match, but they tied a bunch. Three wins, no losses, three ties, 0-0-2 in ACC play. Women's soccer, they are number one. Florida State's number three, wild matchup, Sunday noon ESPNU. The women are 6-0-3, so a bunch of ties for them as well, and are 1-0 in the ACC. Field hockey, fifth in the nation, 5-1 overall, 1-0 in the ACC. They take on uh, 13th-ranked Wake Forest on Friday, today, 5 on ACC Network Extra, and then App State Sunday at noon, also on ACC Network Extra. The ladies ranked fifth and looking to get a big win over another ranked opponent. Volleyball hosting Virginia on Friday, 6 o'clock, ACC Network Extra, hosting number 8 Pitt on uh, ACC Network Extra as 
Well, that one's Sunday, I believe. I forgot to write down what date is. Forgive me for that. But right now they're six and three, and then just starting into ACC play. Cross Country has the UVA Invitational on Saturday. Men are sixth in the nation. Women are tenth in the nation. So these Tar Heel teams all over the polls. You love to see it. Looking forward to another great, successful athletics weekend for the Tar Heels. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. That's it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. Don't forget, if you want to be part of that Discord, would love to have you join it where we can just start having great conversations all the time, not even in this context. If you want to email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats. For those of you watching, smash the like button so we know you are here and would love your comments on today's show. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Can't wait to talk again after the football game. We'll do that coming up this weekend. But until then, peace.